we're snapping, we're tackling, we're potting. I don't know the gesture of <laughs> potting. That's what we're doing here, guys. Snap, tackle, pod. We're back for week three of the high school football season in and around Kansas City. That's the end of the uh, Preps KC. I'm Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41. You know the drill. We're talking high school football on the Kansas side, on the Missouri side. Uh, usually, Dion has a hat on. I've got mine. This is the Tiger King hat, by the way. This is Seth Wadley. It's what Tiger King wore. Um, Joe Exotic wore throughout almost the entire documentary. This hat my brother got for me for birthday one year. It was a great gift. Well, so Friday, I go out to get the mail. It's game day. Bit very busy. Go out to get the mail. As I open the door, there's a box on mine patio on my front yeah. door there like here. go and get it and i open it up and and inside is this a baser linwood football hat thank you coach Stallbomber. and uh, i'll probably wear that this week uh and this is i mean i'm you know i don't i don't say green and gold are naturally my my uh colors but this is actually a really nice hat and nice hat under armor i as, like that yes and as uh coach Stallbomber said in the note that he put in the box, that this is the best logo in the state of Kansas. So I will leave that. That's that's according to him. I'm not I'm not endorsing that by okay. any means. But uh, no, this is the newest hat, and I've already worn it out a few times here in Blue Springs. And yeah, and uh, no one has asked me yet what it is. But <laughs> so it says on the back, it says Baser Linwood football. So if you, if you kind of turn, if you catch me going away from you, uh, you'll sure. know that it's Baser Linwood football. So no, uh, thank you very much for that. So we have a new hat collection, and you picked up a new T-shirt over the weekend. I did Pearl Jam. Went to Pearl Jam in Minnesota. Uh, I picked up three new T-shirts. Actually, this is just <laughs> one of them. Uh, they're only forty bucks a piece. It's like they're giving them away, and a hat, a poster, and all that stuff. Charlie uh, hustles that more than that. Huh? Charlie that's hustles true. are more than that. Uh, so, that's yeah. true. So no, it was. Uh, I'd never been there before, so I decided to spend more money than I should have there. Uh, but it was, it was great. It was a religious experience for my favorite band of all time. I saw them way back in '99, so I, they've they've put a few more albums out since then. But they're uh, like they were... they're like 60 now, by the way, yeah. Dion. Uh, but they look older, but they sound the same. They sound it's I mean it's the same same voices. Yeah, and they're they... probably instrumentally better than they were in you know the 1990s. Yeah, that's one of those things that you know I, I saw you two five years ago, and it's the same thing. They're they're older and a little grayer, but uh, sounded great. And we're yeah. you know the musicianship is fantastic because. You know, when you play with the same guys over and over and you don't really change much because Pearl Jam really hasn't changed the lineup. They've changed the drummers out a few times, but other than that, right, and they have, pretty that, standard. you're right. The drummer's the, the drummer's the newest guy, Matt Cameron, but he's been there since like 1998. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say the, the first other, years they the changed other, out. The other four have been there since early nineties. And then the main three without Eddie were there since the 1980s with mother love bone. And then yes. the lead singer Andrew Wood died. And that's of course when Eddie Vedder took over. And yeah, we were talking about that, how they've like, you go to a lot of bands, especially ones from the 80s and 90s, their Wikipedia page, and it'll list like five current members, right? And then like 20 <laughs> former members, right? Now it's been these guys for uh, the better part of a quarter of a century here. And they're yeah. still, going, uh, still going strong. Did you know that uh, the song Hunger Strike from Temple of the Dog is the first time Eddie Vedder's voice was ever recorded? Yes. See, a lot <laughs> of people, and I was mistaken. A lot of people thought T Temple of the Dog came out after 10 or maybe after verse. No, it was before uh, 10 was released. And uh, supposedly, Eddie was so shy. He was very shy at that time about his yeah. voice being recorded. In, in concerts, he would like the first few songs, he would turn away from the crowd and sing the first few songs till he kind of got the courage to turn towards them and finish the, uh, finish the set. But yeah, he had, uh, and I guess it was kind of a, 
It was like pulling teeth to get into the studio to to uh, to record. At that time, like kind of everybody was playing for everybody else's band. Like guys were in Soundgarden. Yeah. I think Cameron was maybe the, the drummer for Soundgarden at the time. Guys were in Pearl Jam. And so they're kind of one conglomerate. But uh, yeah, no, there's... there's uh, I can tell you this, in 1992 uh, at the University of Missouri that fall, you couldn't walk through a dorm without hearing Pearl Jam. No, I, know. That's, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's, that's all it was. And that's definitely, uh, we were like, it's like Swifties. We were like Swifties there, but just, you know, in our forties, 45 yes. year old dudes. <laughs> yes. It's that's what I, t- I guarantee you right now, all the coaches listening and watching this podcast are turning up the volume, like right. <laughs> and, you know, you know, faded breath. And all the, all the kids are like, okay, let's go. Let's get to the football. Well, we know Joe, we know Joel Appleby is because he's a huge Pearl Jam fan. And he, in, he uh... plays, <laughs> he plays several Pearl Jam songs um, during practice. It's the same kind of loop. My, my kids have told me. And I think it's either even flow or alive. My son says, whenever I hear that song, I know practice is about over. <laughs> so there's only a couple more songs after even flow or alive. So yeah, no, it was great. It was awesome. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get to it, Dion. Get your hat on. Yes, I shirt on. We're ready to go. Let's look back at uh, week two of the football season, week one for Kansas. Well, sorry, Missouri. Hey, is Rockers the best team in the city? I don't know. Um, they look pretty dominant. You know, I had to watch a lot of that game against Blue Spring South, a young Blue Spring South team that starts eight sophomores and a freshman, freshman offensive wow. lineman, six three two sixty. Don't know how I missed him rolling around my kid's school last year. I <laughs> thought he would have stuck out, but maybe. Um, wasn't around when he was around uh, a few times I was there at the building, but no, um, Rock looked pretty good. Uh, they're, they're pretty physical. Um, they can run the ball. Uh, they've got, you know, I don't know if they have those explosive players, um, you, you know, to make you miss and go for 60, but they're going to seven, eight, nine, ten 10 yard you to death. And defensively, they're pretty good. They turned over Blue Springs South a couple times uh, with interceptions and Micah Oder had a big game. Uh, defensively for them he had an interception uh, in that game and if that name sounds familiar yes it's Greg Oder's son yeah, um, as as Kevin White said many a time during the broadcast on Spectrum he was once a ball boy at Blue Spring South so he was very familiar with that field in that stadium uh, so th- there was a very good comfort level for Micah Oder as he as he played a game there but Rock looked really good um, you know I think that, that they've got Liberty North this week so that'll be a, a good test for both those teams Liberty North uh, played really well against Liberty and um, you know, they, they bounced back from the loss to Lee Summit North. Lee Summit North, it, it looked pretty close. I think Park Hill South was a pretty good team. Um, yeah. and somebody was like, oh, is that, is that a, you know, a, you know, well, there's good teams. I mean, at least some, at least some North's got good teams on their schedule. So it's not, they're not just going to, you know, roll out and just pound people. And, uh, I think, you know, Coach Ponce up there at Park Hill South has done a good job with that team. That's a team to keep an eye on. So those are kind of the big, the big dogs right there. And, you know, Lee Summit West is now 2 and 0. They beat Blue Springs uh you know ray peck bounced back out of win over park hill so it's kind of still it, i think that those three at least i'm north liberty north and rock are the teams to keep an eye on and and i think that you know i think we'll find out a lot more about rock this week but they've been pretty dominant um and they're big and they're physical ethan hansen yeah. their quarterback and can run it and throw it he's a good dual threat guy um so you don't want to get down to them because their defense is so is very good yeah, so I was going to say, I mean, they, they run the ball and they play defense. And that prescription has worked since day one, yeah. right, in, in football. And uh, Kelly is on your site on prepskc.com. The quote of the night, I, I believe was, he was talking about um, uh, the teams. Like, this this is this is the first team I've had that looks like the old Rockers teams mm-hmm. of the past. I mean, their offensive line looks like they're, they're, they're college kids. 
Yeah. Know? I mean, they look like they're a Juco at least. Um, and then I, I like the quarterback, love the running back. And then, like I said, they've given up 10 points in two games. Yeah. And, you know, and Blue Springs South had a, had a couple of nice drives there. Turnovers got them down and um, just an inability to stop them. And um, that just shows how young they are. But uh, no, it's, they, they look, like you said, they look like a Rockers team, you know, for all of the the talk and that, you know, I'm, I don't, I, I don't expect everyone to kind of have a sense of, you know, if you, you don't know Kelly Donahoe very well of him being, you know, he is a very good offensive coach. One of the best uh, we've seen in the Metro for a guy who's a quarterback back in the day, you used to think that he liked to sling it around like that. Really what he likes to do is put a fullback out there, put it in the eye formation and run the ball. And I think that that's his, that's his bread and butter. He really likes to be physical and, and, and do that. And, and then, when he does, when they're able to do that, they do a lot of stuff off of that um, with the passing game. So, yeah, I think, but also I think the big thing for them is the defense. Um, we'll see this week against Liberty North. It's got a lot more weapons. Um, now they're, they're starting to sophomore quarterback as well. So, you know, yeah, he, he had a pick in the first game against Lisa North played a little bit better, but uh, you know, that's the thing. If you're, if you get down to Rockhurst, you're going to have a hard time climbing back in because that defense is fantastic. And the guy calling it's been doing it for a long time. Last year, this Liberty North Rockers game was 10, seven. And because mm-hmm. the other guy on the other side of the field was Andy Learman, who's a really good defensive coordinator as well. So, you know, you got two of the best defensive coordinators in the Metro going at it this week. All right. So a couple teams that made runs at big boys last week, and this kind of, um, you know, segues off the Rockers question. You have um, Park Hill South, what getting within 15 points at least seven north mm-hmm. and you have blue valley west losing in a shootout to st thomas Aquinas, 49 to 42 which of those two teams is legit you think out of blue valley west of park hill south um can i say both i think park hill south gonna I, I think park hill south is gonna be a tough team for t- anybody on their schedule and i think blue valley west that's a team that i i felt like was gonna be pretty solid and then when they then when they were you know going score for score basically is what they did all night long and then Quinn scored last. I, I think the Blue Valley West is a team that is going to be tough to handle because they're kind of big and they're physical. Um, they like to run the ball. Uh, they, they do things that, uh, you know, other teams, you know, a lot of the EKL teams are, are you know, wide open, throw the ball up and down the field, whereas Blue Valley West is more physical and tough and, and does that kind of stuff. So I, I think they're a team that that is definitely to keep an eye out. But that it's EKL. They could finish fourth and be in the state semis in six. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's <laughs> – that's – I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, that's it, – it just could be that when you could have – you could have four teams from the EKL in state semis very easily. Um, you know, half the league could play for, you know, the chance to go to the state championship game. So, uh, you know, and then there's – you know, so far – teams in 6A, 5A, and 4A. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have five, really. I mean, they could double up in both 6A and 4A and, and, and Blue Valley Southwest in 5A, which kind of segues into the next – thing that we talk about is blue valley southwest beating blue valley and yeah i was gonna say is that um is that the the best win in blue valley southwest history they might argue that their biggest was last year in the quarterfinals hammering DeSoto, getting the state semifinals that was a bigger win right because that accomplished you something but they, this is the first time they've ever beaten blue valley first time they beaten blue valley right they got close yeah. last year. They got it done this year. Was that their? Would they call that their best win? I'd say regular season. A few years ago, I remember they beat Aquinas in the in the early round. Oh, they like that one too. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that one's a good one too. Uh, th- but I think just complete game the way they played against the Blue Valley team that they, you know, had them look like they had them down last year, twenty one nothing, 
and lose 28-21. This year they were tied at 13, and then they just they just blew them out of the water second half. And I, and I think that says a lot about their ability to finish games that I think that they learned last year at the end of the year on that run to the semis. And that's one of those things. It's It may be the toughest thing to get over the hump with, with, with a team that hasn't had success, you know, hasn't had a lot of success. Um, when you get to the point where you know you're good enough, turn that corner – yeah. And and finishing those games is is sometimes the hardest thing to do, because one you know once you do it a couple times it becomes much easier and you learn how to do it. But finishing games is huge, and to finish that game the way they did after the way they didn't finish it a year before, two separate teams, two different teams all the way around. But still, it's a it's a for the program. I think it's a big step forward. Yeah, and look, they got they got the quarterback back. Uh, Dunn's back for a third straight year, so there is some continuity there. It's funny; it seems like a lot of years. You know, uh, the Blue Valleys just trade off on which one has the most talent, right? You know, yeah. Blue Valleys won so many titles. Blue Valley West won one, what, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, yeah, seven. Had Blue Valley North and Blue Valley Northwest in the last five years. Um, and maybe it's now time for, like, multiple teams. Because I, you know, I look around that district and West with a good win, good game. And Northwest is one of the favorites. You have Southwest, one of the favorites in 5A. You have maybe the, you know, the, the best assistant coach we've had in a decade, uh, taking over Blue Valley North in Drew Hudgens, and he's going to have that thing up and running. Yeah. Which you never count Blue Valley. It's like all five you can make cases for. Okay, now this team, this team could do something this year. Yeah, no, I think so. And and their schedule's tough. I mean, they they're playing everybody, so they got me age this week. Uh, you know, so that'll that'll be a good test for them. And I I feel like they're probably thinking, well, this is our you know not necessarily our chance to get me age because me age is really good, but. I, I think they probably feel like they're in a be, the best position they've been against me Asian in a long time. Um, all right, let's jump back over to Missouri. Uh, East Buchanan, how many points did East Buchanan get? Class one East Buchanan for beating what class four? Well, the class East Buchanan's up at two. So, but well, yeah, but they still get, they get so bonus. Still, that's a two class yeah. jump. And you, you shut out a class four team. Yeah. They plus 13 and, and they had two classes up and, uh, district standings are up on our site uh, right now, and uh, they are definitely a team to keep an eye on. Uh, that's that's a statement win for them, uh, no doubt. And uh, it, it's tough. Class two is going to be tough. I mean, you know, you, when you bring Adrian and East Buchanan up, the two finals from last year, and they return most of their teams, along with Lamar, who was in the finals last year, uh, Lafayette County, who's always good. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of good teams in that class two on this side of the bracket. Uh, but East Buchanan definitely, you know, they, they're, they're size-wise like a Class 2 team. They've got like 50, 60 kids. So they've got the numbers out right now that, to, to play that Class 2. And and uh, it, it, they definitely are, are heading into back into their league now and feeling like, hey, we're, we're in a pretty good spot to kind of do. You know, that was the one game they lost last year was to Savannah. So now they've kind of locked that one off. Now they've still got to play North Platte and Mid Buchanan in their league who are, who are good teams. But uh, now East Buchanan – Looking like they would pick it up right where they left off last year. Absolutely. Anything else stand out from uh, from week one in, in Kansas, week two in Missouri last week for you? Well, Platte County, um, Bill Lutz said, oh, we're a year away. I love this little, this little round robin, Platte County and Kearney and Smithville. Smithville, like yes. Three weeks. Uh, and, you know, they, they give up a score and go down a point, and then they go down in 27 seconds and score and win by seven. Wow. I, I mean, that was a crazy game, and – you know, he was, I was texting with him on Saturday and I said, oh, I, you lied to me. You said that you guys were a year away, you know, because they've got like, they start seven sophomores on offense, I think. 
but he said, well, this is a, this is a class they like. This is his kid's class. He's a tight end. Um, Wayne Baskerville's son, Trey, is a receiver. Uh, Rocco Marriott's the quarterback as a sophomore, big, tough, physical kid. And I think that the, the sophomores have grown up pretty quick, and they've got a really veteran defense. So they thought they were going to rely on the defense, and now the offense is kind of like, you know, ready to go. And yeah. he just said, these kids are just – that he's that they're fearless. They don't – he goes, they're playing, you know, really well. So P- Platte County really, the first two weeks of the season, has been a surprise in the sense of, you know, getting those two wins. I mean, that – Carney and Smithfield two weeks in a row, you know. And then, yeah. you know, Carney, Carney shows around to beat Fort Osage. So that's that's showing you right there. You know, Fort Osage is, has lost two games by, you know – 10 points basically. I mean, they lost, you know, by 11, 11 points total. I mean, and they're owing two to teams that are ranked, you know, number two in their classes, you know, number two, number three yeah. in their classes. So. Yeah. Fort Osage losing by four to grain Valley. Right. And then by seven <laughs> to, uh, to Carney. Got, got down by seven and basically never just was just stayed the way, you know, that whole game. And it was a tough defensive battle. So now Fort Osage is a team that's owing two and, you know, this time last year it was Platte County was 0 2, you know, coming off in the first two weeks. And so we'll see what happens down the line. You know, Fort Osage definitely righted the ship last year after uh, losing to Carney. They were 1 1 last year. They righted the ship and went on and uh, went to the state championship game. I, I don't know if that's going to be the, the case for Platte County because, you know, Platte County, Fort Osage, Grand Valley are all in the same district. So only one of them is coming out of that district. Yeah. And then look, the, the team on your head, you jinxed them. Right last week, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. A Remax Big Three game against Tonga and Oxy. Tonga got that uh, that win in a in a big rivalry game. Yeah, they did, and they, they kind of jumped on him. And Isaiah Holthouse, uh, their outstanding receiver, had uh, three catches, two touchdowns, on hundred yards, and yeah. a couple of those catches were just balls that were thrown up, and he just went and got them. Uh, real talented receiver, uh, but basically would played pretty well. I mean, you know, it's week one, um, and I think Tonga's pretty good, so that was a, a good test for. Baser and Baser came back on them there a little at the end and, and cut it down to a two score game. But uh, no, a good win for Tongi over there uh, in that game. And and I think you've got two teams right there that um, will, you know, be pretty good down the line. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Let's look ahead to your uh, Remax big three games of the week this week, uh, Dion. And let's start on the, uh, let's, let's stay right there on the Kansas side. It, yeah, we're into it. It's your customary. It's it's hard to go with with any less than two EKL games every week, and you got yeah. two this week. Uh, Miege at Blue Valley Southwest. You think the Timberwolves can uh, can hang in that one? Can give me well, the game I think so. Huh? I think so. Um, you know, and Miege had a nice win last week over Blue Valley North. Um, the you know Miege looked like Miege. I mean, that was kind of the yeah. way they played. And um, but I think Blue Valley Southwest is riding high coming into this game and. I mean, if I was picking it right now, I'd probably still pick Miege, but I don't think it's an automatic pick. Um, and I think that, and I think there's some motivation there um, for Southwest to kind of, you know, knock off the Catholic schools when they get a chance to to play them. So uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think there'll be a lot of offense in it. Um, and I think whoever can get some stops is going to get the win there. Yeah. Blue Valley Northwest goes to Aquinas. In my mind, these are two of the three teams along with Miege you would consider maybe in that top tier of contenders yeah. in the EKL. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was kind of weird because I, I think a lot of people were sleeping on Blue Valley Northwest and then, you know, they came out and, and, and beat a pretty solid St. James team and look good doing it. Um, they're tough. They're physical. Um, they're big. They've got great size. Uh, it's a Clint Ryder team. Uh, they're going to run the ball. They're going to uh, come at you and play good defense. And I think it'll, it'll be a great matchup with them with Aquinas with a veteran Aquinas team 
that brings yeah. everybody back and, and, you know, just got done beating a tough physical team from the blue Valley team. So I think that the, that Aquinas is, you know, primed and ready for that effort. And I think that, uh, you know, that Northwest will be in a good spot too. Yeah. And, and Northwest, I mean, they've got two junior division one uh, yeah. offensive linemen that play next to each other, or I think uh, it might be next year. It might be opposite. But then when you have Gavin Hoffman putting a, a you know, a hand on the ground, you have, you have three guys right there in the row, like four or five yeah. dudes that are D1 guys, uh, Hoffman, the tight end receiver, uh, it's going to Iowa, and so there's there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of yeah. talent. Ben Ryder told us, you know, it's you know, it's more about, you know, they they have like four or five Division one guys, but it's what are you going to do with those other 16, 17, 18 guys? Those guys got to be the ones that uh, get you a state championship. They look pretty good in that area uh, as well. And the last on the uh, Kansas side, Shawnee Heights at Lansing. This is the Shawnee Heights team. When you look at you know teams on the east side that. Want to make a run at Mill Valley? Uh, you're, that's they're in that group. Yeah. They, they played them. It was in a in a monsoon last year, but they played Mill Valley, the closest of any team in the playoffs before uh, they got to Mays. And a team, what I think they beat Piper, what forty two to nothing. In yeah, they, that, that was really impressive. Piper's young, um, and they've got a lot of a lot of sophomores on that team that are playing. But forty two to nothing is forty two to nothing, and Piper doesn't get beat forty two to nothing. I mean, that just doesn't happen that often. Piper's usually no matter who the coach has been, whether it's Radke or Brindle or uh, Rick Pollard, that, that team doesn't get blown out like that. Now Coach Black, uh, who did an outstanding job for them last year in, in, in his second year, uh, they that's that st- score to me said Shawnee Heights has got something going on. And they've had years where they've been pretty good. I mean, it's, you know, Coach Swift's been there a long time and he does a good job. And and I think that this is one of those teams, like you said, that's, that's kind of in the depth of Class 5 that you don't think about. Going to Lansing, who the second year under Coach Pollard, you know, Lansing went to DeSoto, uh, tough, tough loss there. But I, I think, you know, Lansing is an improving team. And um, this is just a fun one to see kind of where both these teams are at um, as they go through this UKC conference schedule and, and get ready to kind of go. And, and, you know, it's positioning as those class five standings, you know, go out. We've got them on the side right now. You know, but those those positions are huge, whether you're, you know, in that eight, nine or four or five or, you know, on the road in the second game of the season, of the postseason. Um, you want to get those, you want to get that spot as high as you can. Absolutely you do. All right. Over in Missouri here, you have Carney at Smithville. That's a, it's a no brainer. We've already kind of talked about that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, that's going to be a good game. And I think Carney bounced back pretty well. And uh, Smithville's not used to giving up points, let alone losing games. Uh, they gave up a lot of points last week and uh, Carney defensively did a good job last week against Fort Osage. So I think that they, they feel pretty good about that group right now and and really the first week they only give it 20 points to black county so defensively they're doing pretty well it's the question is with their offense um i don't know if their quarterback is back yet but the oots told me don't feel sad for carney because they're still really good and they, and they proved it last week against uh fort osage and then smithville you know they pounded raytown in week one and um got in a shootout and, and lost a close one last week so there's not a lot of love between these schools um black you throw black county into that mix too those three schools don't like each other. And and so yeah. this is always a, a tough game. And and I know that Smithville hasn't lost that many games over the last few years. So the bounce back will be pretty good. And Smithville got Carney got him last year. So I think there's in a close game that would, you know, it came down to a field goal regular game. season, but Smithville got him back. And Smithville got him back in the postseason. But yeah, so there's definitely on both sides of this, uh, a lot of want to get the win in this one. Well, we've got Platte County in class five and the other are in class four. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. 
still still learning my classes in Missouri. It takes me a while. Yes. Sure. Uh, they move them around right. every year. So you got to, you know. Uh, League Summit North at Rockers. We've talked about uh, that one. I mean, do you, what would you say? Is 10-7 last year, right? 10-7, Liberty North, yeah. I, I think so, because I think both of them want to run the ball and, both and play, play defense. defense. But and I mean, so it's, that, I mean it's, it, it's, it's hard to imagine what we've seen from Rockers the last two weeks them scoring less than like 21 points yeah they've been pretty good offensively too and and you know they shut out ray peck in week one and they held blue springs out to 10 points in week two and uh you know liberty north gave up 27 to lisa north and we're driving at the end of that game uh for a chance to tie it but then they only give up seven to liberty you know uh, so it's uh it's definitely going to be a, a pretty tough physical game of course i say that and it's probably gonna be like 48 47 it'll go crazy kickoff returns all kinds of stuff like that but no i think that's a great game for both these teams to kind of figure out um you know where they're at after two weeks you know they've had they've had successes now they you know try and validate those successes by playing the, for liberty north by the second toughest team on their schedule and for rockers the toughest team yeah. on their schedule so far yeah um oak park man two and oh and they looked impressive getting there there's any doubts about it okay is this oak park team for real Right, because they haven't had sustained success for a long time, it should be a race by now, right? This is a, this is they one played, of the best teams in the city, it seems like. Yeah, they played two teams that they should have beaten badly, and they beat them badly. So that's not. I mean, it, you know, some people go, "Well, who are they beating?" Well, is this the last test in with Grain Valley? Because it's a team. It's two and zero Grain Valley team. Well, they've been in close games, but uh, but they're two and zero as well, and and also I, I think it's play. a I think it's a good test for them, and and I you know Oak Park is. Uh, you know, they want to, they want to run the ball and be physical. Um, and so this is for them. Um, you know, they still got, uh, they still got, I think they still got Fort Osage on their, on their roster too. So that'll be. Schedule, uh, they have Fort Osage, you got Platte County, Lee Summit. Platte County. Yeah. So they've got, I mean, they've got some, still some pretty good games on their schedule, but this is a good test for them. Right. Uh, right out of the box. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely for them a chance to, to just see where they're at, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, just see uh, where they're at because Grain Valley can score. Um, there's no doubt about that. They can get the ball up and down the field. Um, their defense has been scored on. <laughs> so it, it'll be, yeah, they've given up some points. So it'll be, you know, I think it'll, it'll get up and down the field. Now, Grandview's a good team. So that was a good win. It was, it was 21, 21 with yeah. Grandview and Grain Valley. And then um, they, they kind of took off from there and outscored them 28 to seven in the second half. So no, it's uh you know, for Oak Park, like I said, they've got Green Valley this week. They play Truman. They should handle Truman. Then they got Platte County, Lee Summit, uh, North Kansas city looks a little down this year. They close out with St. Joe central and Fort Osage. St. Joe central is a pretty solid team too. So they've got, they've got kind of, I don't want to say some breaks in there, but they've got a, a nice mix of, you know, very, very quality opponents. And then they got some ones who are, you know, maybe a little younger that they're building on. So Oak Park's got a good run here, but, you know, they, they played Winnetonka and Ruskin and they blew them out, which is what they should do. I mean, so that's, that's kind of what you, that's what you can ask for at this point is, is you, are you doing what you, you know, are you playing, are you beating teams that you're better than, you know, badly? Um, and then when you play a good team, like a, a Grain Valley, are you competing at that level? And, you know, last year, um, this was a close game and, um, you know, it's, it, it should be again. And, and, you know, Oak Park got them 14-10 last year. I mean, it was a low-scoring yeah. defensive game. I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring defensive game this year. I think it's it's definitely – now, Oak Park's defense has played well, so that might be the difference maker here. But I, no one's shown the ability to keep Grand Valley under 46 for the first right. two weeks. And they weren't yeah. playing bad teams, bad defensive teams. They were playing good defensive teams 
uh, in Grandview and, and Fort Osage. Uh, let's jump back over to Kansas here. Some other games this week. We haven't really hit on the Sunflower League, but I thought Lawrence and Lawrence Free State both had really good wins yeah. last week. Impressive wins, too, um, against good Olathe teams in Olathe South and Olathe West. Um, what would you, you think about the, the the Firebirds and the Lions last week? I, I was very impressed with Free State. They came out and got up on West and just kept kept going. And really the same thing with Lawrence. And that. It's only the South team. I think a lot of people thought think is going to be pretty good. On the road, by the way, they they were both were yes um, in in Olathe. One at I believe Seabag and then Odak. One at Odak. Yeah, yeah. They played on uh, Free State and West played on Thursday, and and then uh, Lawrence and Olathe South played on Friday. And uh, no good wins for them. Uh, you know, you know, Gardner did what Gardner was going to do to Shiny Mission East. That was expected. No Valley, easy win. Um, you know, we, uh, just waiting in week week four. It's Gardner traveling to Mill Valley. Is that going to be number one in five A taking on number one in six A? Pretty good chance. Uh, I think that's. I don't know if anything's going to happen there. The other one I was really impressed with was Olathe North. Agreed. Yeah, they got up and down the field on Olathe East, and and well, that's a North team. You're like, okay, well, it's North, but that's one of those years where they were replacing a lot of dudes. Yes, yeah. to come yeah, out like, and have that performance in the first first week. Yeah, yeah TJ Porter with four touchdowns, only sixty yards, but he scored four touchdowns. Uh, but no, I, and the one thing, you know, one of the cool things I, I noticed about the game within the photos is man, those stands were packed. I mean, and that on the Olathe East side, and there was a lot of orange and blue out there and it looked like, it looked like 10, 10, 15 years ago, Olathe East, Olathe North, which is a good thing. I'll tell you, we, at No Valley, they had the most people I've ever seen in a game. Now I've been, you know, 10 years, you know, whatever, maybe it's 2015, uh, uh, attendances were there and I, I was there I wasn't paying attention or whatever but in the last four or five years I mean I don't know if I've seen a game more packed and part of it had to do with COVID right and the year after COVID still kind of the after effects of it but everybody was back well late the northwest packed the stands as well there there was uh hardly any you know gray bleacher in in your sight when you looked on both sides it was a, it was a fun night so I, I wonder if that was the case just kind of around the metro areas and it's a great night it was a nice night to get out there and week one in Kansas, people are Jones for football. Well, and I think you talk about Olathe Northwest. That was one of the fan bases that really blossomed last year. Um, that they had a lot of uh, the, the student section was huge, yeah. uh, very active. A lot of people going to games, and and I think you see in the Olathe schools, which have been on the uptick, all all of them, you know, really have been on the uptick the last year or two. You see a lot of attendance there. You see Mill Valley, um, strong tradition there. The, the, the Shawnee Mission schools, the ones that have, you know, have struggled, they're trying to get on the, on the build up. Shawnee Mission North got an overtime, went over Shawnee Mission South. I thought that game would be close, and it was. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, Shawnee Mission Northwest has been pretty good attendance wise. And I think you're right, though. I think post COVID, people are wanting to get out and go to games, and it helps. It it wasn't 115 degree heat index like it was the week before. Like 90 or 92, but like if it was that, still warm. Like, a, like 75 after the, the weeks of Hadley. Well, yeah, that's, I, I joke with my wife. I was like, all we needed was, you know, a week of 120 heat index to make, right. you know, 95 and no right. humidity with a breeze feel pretty good. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, and hopefully we're kind of getting into that mix. I've kind of spied ahead and it's going to be, you know, I think in the 80s this week and maybe in the 70s yeah. the next week. So today, while we're recording this on Tuesday, it's going to be another burner uh, today. Yeah. But then it, it drops off uh, pretty pretty dramatically after after that. So that'll be good. Get back in this fall weather. I'm ready for yep. it. 
Yep. I'm ready to for it. A uh, couple other games I'm just kind of looking at our, uh, the, the schedule here. Games we might get to on KSHB 41. Games you might get to with uh, with Preps KC as well. Uh, I look at Lincoln Prep and Pembroke Hill. A couple teams coming off of um, – well, I guess Lincoln Prep got the win, but Pembroke Hill yeah. couple disappointing losses to start the season against some good teams. What do you make of that one? Uh, I thought it was a big win by Lincoln Prep. Uh, I think they really kind 27 of to two score yeah. got me right there. We ever had that score before? I, I don't know. That's a that's a good one. No, a big win for them. Uh, they really came out and played well. I think it goes to so, show how much improved Cameron is that they kind of handled Lincoln Prep in week one. Now it was the first week, new coach, um, and you know sometimes it doesn't get your way, but. Uh, no, I, I thought Lincoln Prep kind of dominated that game and, and did a pretty good job. Pembroke Hill's struggling right now. Um, they're, they're, they, you know, they, they drop Pius in week one, then they play Christ Prep, which is the homeschool group over in Kansas. They're not Keisha affiliated, but uh, they've been known to have some players and, and they, I think, have won the national homeschool championship a time or two. They said the hey, you, I think, yes. uh, last year, like a quarterback. Like yeah, they had uh, yeah. yeah, they had an athlete who played in the All-Star game um last year and uh definitely they've got some players. Uh so it you know, Pembroke Hill's struggling, there's no doubt. Uh but this is a this is a game that's probably a little bit more it's not pious. I mean pious is loaded and they were, you know, kind of fighting the the fight, you know, off the right off the bat and they were kind of out of it, but uh this will be a good test for for both schools uh to see what uh coach Crosdale's, you know, really, you know, getting things going at Lincoln Prep and, and see if Pembroke Hill can kind of, you know, figure out what they're doing. Offensively, they've had one touchdown in two games. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, that's tough when you're not scoring. It's funny game. You don't score, you don't win. So it's, uh, you know, one of those deals. Awesome. All right, Dion, I look forward to whichever school sends you a hat this week. Um, I'm not asking any alternative yeah. brunch band wants to send me a shirt this week. You, you, you think 70s retro, you know, they had the Regal Beagle last week, and yeah, I'll, I'll keep it up. I got, I have a lot of like, um, I don't know what you'd call them, sophomoric T-shirts that I'll wear on vacations a lot, so I can break how, them out. How, how many did your brother give you? I mean, that's probably the a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, no, kind of a shared uh, sense of humor there. But um, no, I got a lot of some Golden Girls shirts I can break out. I got like four of those. Let's go. Golden Girls are always winners. That's a great show. That's yeah. it comes on for. For anybody who has uh, watched any Hallmark Channel movies, uh, the Golden Girls is what comes on at ten o'clock on the Hallmark Channel when the movie. Oh, it's over. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. my wife watches a ton of those. Now, I will admit, during Christmas, uh, I will watch some of those movies, and and uh, it's something that's you know, if you've got a thirteen-year-old boy in the house, uh, it's something you can have on, and and if he's roaming through the room and not feel like you're <laughs> have to explain anything, and yeah. Pretty wholesome. Yeah, he's thirteen. He he already knows everything. He's he's hiding the closet now. There's nothing you have to explain. Just <laughs> let him watch our movies. He's he's already seen them. That's the problem. We were talking about watching Three's Company last week, and I was over at my in laws' house, and I was like, I totally grew up on that. I was like seven years old watching Three's Company. Yeah, yeah. love boat all of it. Anything was on. You turned out fine. So yeah. Well, jury might still be out on that one. <laughs> Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Any other thoughts? No, I just think we're, you know, we're starting to get things. Somebody asked me, he's like, oh, it's your busy time. And I go, yeah, but you get about three weeks in and everything starts to roll. It's, it's, you're kind of like a football team. You got the routine down. and Right, yeah, you get the routine down, yep. No, it's uh, it's been fun and uh, definitely looking forward to this Friday and another great week. Awesome.
Sounds good. We'll do it again next week. For Dion and Nick, we'll see you next time right here on Snap Tackle Pod.